ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of the Crease Dive. Today is Thursday, June 15th, and the PLL has an addiction, Dukes. They are addicted to one goal game. Six out of the first eight games of the PLL season, all decided by just one goal. Still zero shit pumpings this entire season so far as the boys are heading to Columbus for week three action. I'm Jordy from Barstool. With me, as always, it's my good friend and yours, Dukes in the lab. Uh, Dukes, coming uh, fresh off of a birthday as well. So happy birthday to Dukes. Everyone say it in the chat. Everyone tell Dukes how much you love him. How we feeling? A little little older, a little wiser, maybe uh, maybe a little bit more washed up. Yeah, of course. Um, 25 now. I feel old. Uh, I feel like I don't have one ankle working as well as the other. Um, but at least so far, just PL, PLL season wise, couldn't be happy with the start of the product. I mean, seriously, especially competing with like the ABC game on Champions League, what, what the rating was like a 0.19. Like, I know it's not like out of the water, but I was like, shit, that kind of blows. I was trying to go to the bar for a game and what put the big game on like TV and like pregame and like watch, watch the PLL game at a bar. But I was like, I can't be the, like, it's kind of sucks. Like, you can't be the guy going in when it's like the Champions League final to the soccer ball that's around the corner from me. I mean, like, hey, because you've thrown PLL on ABC. Like, even I can read the room in that situation. Like, you know what? I'll, I'll let the Irish lads have this day. I'll let them have the, the two-hour slot to watch, to watch Champions League. But uh, watch it at home. Got the numbers up. We're surprised at the numbers. Um, I think the product has been insane this year. I think we're ready to have the best year yet. I, I, I sincerely mean that. I think that the, we're just getting into the swing of things. And like we said uh, going into it, I didn't know who the worst team was going to be. I don't think anyone thought the whip six would be owned too. Do they really look at like the worst team in the league, bottom two team league? I don't think so. Um, Cannons, I think, look better than than people thought. I think Holman's looks looks like a great coach. And uh, one thing that I'll say is that going into the World Games, I don't think so. I don't think everyone's going to come out of there clean. I think that there's going to be some people nickered up, get some injuries going, and that that could end up paying the price for. Uh, who misses the playoffs and whatnot, like in the edge. So yeah, that's, yeah. That's- I mean, I, I had mentioned something on Twitter and it was, uh, it was much to the ire of good friend of the program, uh, digs tape. Uh, but like, here's the thing, the, the whip stakes might, they might benefit from just tanking this summer. Um, I, I don't know if they'd ever come out and explicitly say that they're tanking. I think that, uh, I think if we, recognized from body language Jim Stagnita hates when his teams fucking suck uh from from the champions uh the championship series like you could tell he hated everything about the championship series because his teams couldn't get anything done so I don't know if Stags would necessarily be on board for for tanking here but think about what's going on with the whip stinks right like Zed Williams has played a lot of ball over the past few years uh with going to back-to-back NLL finals playing a lot with the whip snakes like he he's had a couple big years matt rambo's been i mean he he's been grinding through these nll seasons hasn't necessarily been totally healthy the whole time uh and and you look around what's going on with the rest of the teams that like archers yeah i mean maybe this is what they always do they look sick in the regular season and then can't piece it together in the in the playoffs but archers look really good uh redwoods look really good atlas are, are gonna be good so like you're looking around and you're like, yo, the whip snakes wouldn't hurt to take a summer 
to kind of they they kind of also need their Lyle summer, right? Take a little rest, get their heads right, and then you get the first overall pick. Imagine adding Connor Schellenberger to that lineup. Here's my take. It's it's not we're not, a bad, we're not the are dead. I'm not we're not we're not the crease dive. We'll, this would be a Jordy take. We're not getting we're not gonna have the crease dive. The lacrosse would be like the crease dive is against the Whipsies. The Whips are gonna make the championship game. I'm still on that. I'm still on that. Brad Smith's not in the lineup. I'm forgetting that. They're two goals away in the score differential. It's not like they're getting blown out. They they, they lost what? On a last second shot to D3 here across Ferrara. We want my oh by the way. Oh I'm oh, oh for nine this weekend. Fucking yeah, you know who the Chrome could use? Dylan Malloy. Jesus Christ. Hey, Steve, Jordy, I we talked before the pod a little bit about like what we're gonna talk about. Do you have any comment any comment on Cross Ferrara? Okay, so here's the thing. I th- I'm the biggest cross for our guy that there is. D3 by choice, D3 legend. Uh, he, he went 0 for 7, you scumbag. He wasn't 0 for 9 against yeah, the Archers. I'm, I'm stupid. I don't know numbers. Now, all right. So so actually, do we want to get into the – all right. So, I, I again, I think that – I'm not saying that the whip snakes are dead because they're not good. I'm saying that they might want to unalive themselves this season. And just take uh, like like a the, trust the process, tank the season, pick up Schellenberger in the draft next year, because um, it's not a it's not a bad year to end up with one of those top three picks. No, uh, but also also we're, so we're kind of saying it's like the Warriors when Steph Curry got injured and they got James Wiseman ended up not working out, but the Warriors got like the number one pick in between four championships. Yeah, so just one of those. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right, so. Listen, the Chrome looked uh, – there, there's no other way to say it. Like, that offense looked like complete dog shit against the Archers last Friday night. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously much was to be made about, uh, you know, about the Chrome and, and Sudo not suiting up Dill Malloy for the second week in a row. I still don't – I don't disagree with the decision. I think that – the decision to to not dress Dylan Malloy in the opening week, I think, was was the right call. Dylan Malloy takes off to a wedding on on a Saturday night. You can't dress that guy. There are some guys in the league who could probably get away with that. Some guys in the league who are champions. Some guys in the league who have demonstrated that they're capable of of being professional enough to go to a wedding and then come back and play the next day. I don't know if Dill Malloy is that guy. Obviously, Sudo doesn't know if Malloy is that guy. So I understand not dressing him then. And then when you win that game, the opening week, you have to keep the roster the same the next week. You don't have to, but it's like a it's a pretty common theme for coaches to to not fix what ain't broke. So if they won that game, like you look at their 19-man roster of guys that were dressing, it's the exact same from week two to week one. So Pseudo's trusting his own process of, of not touching a roster after you win. Did it come back to bite him? Absolutely. But do I respect the decision to, to not dress a guy because you don't want to mess around with the roster after the win? For sure. So, I mean, again, that offense looks like dog shit. Uh, Cross Ferrar did not have a great game. A lot of that has to do with the fact that Brett Dobson is a problem. Yeah. Brett Dobson is so fucking good. And it's, it's becoming more clear and clear as these weeks keep going on that he is a 
truly an elite goalie on the planet right now. I mean, he's he's pushing Dylan uh, Dylan Ward and right. and Blaze Reardon. Uh, so we'll see, you know, how much play he gets in the World Games coming up. We'll see him keep uh you know keep this thing going with the uh, with the Archers so far. And little update here too. Been um been in the DMs with Brett Dobson over the past week. We're working on trying to see if because he's a sweatpants guy. And uh, we're working to try to see if he can put on a pair of Zubas in the uh, in the pipes. So like Archer's colorway, just orange, navy, white Zubas pants. Uh, so that would be a huge development moving forward for a guy who's already uh, just an absolute menace between the pipes. He's so good. Uh, when I said top three goalie, I put Entenman in there. It, it's almost like Dobson, the thing that impressed me, I always knew that Dobson was an elite ball stopper. His clearing has been impressive. He's going with neck and neck. I'll put him with Dylan Ward, uh, being best box and field goalie in, in, in the world. Um, I'm not going to put him over uh, over Ward just yet, but I mean, what a start for Dobson. And he's a guy that clearly loves the game of lacrosse. I do think it's like one of those things that like Pat Bev said on his podcast, the Pat Bev show, like a lot of the great NBA players don't love basketball. I can see that being true with lacrosse. That would never surprise me. Um, knowing that, like, grow, even growing up, some of the kids that were the most talented that I knew didn't like the sport that much. Dobson seems like one of those guys that, like, absolutely loves, breeds the sport. Um, oh, wants to be, wants to prove that he is an elite guy. Um, he's, he's, a, he's a lax rat for sure. The lax rat. He's a lax rat. So, yeah, you love to see those guys succeed. I'm happy with his start. Nice guy. Was one of our first guests on that, uh, that quarterfinal show. So, like, shout out, shout out to the friend of the program. But, but yeah, he, he's a, uh, he's elite. Um, but yeah, cross, cross for, it's, it just seems like when I was watching the game, it was like, oh, you know what, you know what the, the Chrome could use. It's like a guy like Dylan Malloy who knows how to put the ball in the back of the net. So yes. And no, like he can put the ball, like the Chrome offense in, in total besides Jackson Morrill, who I think he went five for six shooting and uh, he, he's having a, a real breakout season so far, but the whole Chrome offense just looks so fucking bad. That entire, like they kept, they kept taking just really bad shots really early in these possessions. Um, I don't know if that's by design or guys were just like a, a little too trigger happy or what it was, but I don't know. Watching that game the entire time, it just didn't look like the Chrome ever even gave the, themselves a chance to get into any sort of flow so would dylan malloy help in that situation maybe but also maybe maybe not enough uh i mean it's the biggest shit pumping that we've seen of the season so far five goal loss to the archers archers barely looking like they miss a step with uh with grand Amant out for injury so that's definitely something to be worried about if you're one of the other seven teams in the league uh the fact that you know the archers can lose I don't even know where I'd rank Grant Ament right now as far as best players on the Archers. But either way, he's he's one of their top guys. He goes down, and Archers barely miss a beat. So uh, that team is deep. That team is lethal. Adding Mac O'Keefe is huge. Uh, Chrome just looked like dog shit all around. Dil Molloy would have helped, but I still think Chrome would have lost that game. I got a couple points. I just need to get up that like rebuttals, all that stuff. One, I think that the Dylan Molloy sitting is BS because if you're going to treat – one, I don't think Pseudo should have ever said he had a wedding. I think that's like something you might, you keep in house. If anything, you don't go, you don't go off telling Dan Aresti and, and then so he can go to Twitter. Love Dan Aresti, but like I think it's one of the things you keep in the ball club. I think there's a lot of players in the PLL that have been to weddings and have missed a game or two, and you know the coach has kept it in house. Guy comes out the next ready, we, uh, weekend ready to play. Two, 
if the guy goes to the wedding and he comes back in shape, you're not. I know what you're saying when it's like he's gonna slug vodka sodas, blah blah. He's a the lacrosse player rep. In the same sense, you gotta trust the the, the 29 year old that's a professional. If he's a professional, he's not gonna do that. He might have a beer and then he might go home. Like I don't think he's getting drunk enough where he can't drive. So I think that's a little. If it's one of your best friend's wedding, it's a it's a life moment. So I I think that I understand both point of views. I, at the end of the day, I think he, he's a professional. He had a night off. We see James Harden go to the club on a night night before games, and he drops like fifty. So, I, I don't agree to the fullest extent. Uh, I do like that. I do agree with your point that I do like that we're at a place for lacrosse where you could have that stance and be like, it, it's now being taken serious. Where you you're you're missing games for like summer league reasons, which like I do understand that point of view. But um, I, I I'm just saying I don't, I don't think he's the only person that's ever missed a wedding. Two, the archers. I think that Mac O'Keefe is going to come back to haunt the, the chaos for years to come because this guy is getting quadruple the touches that he ever got in the chaos. He is going to, he's going to be in the MVP race in my opinion, by the, by the end of the year, just keep getting him the ball and let the fucking gunslinger sling it. I mean, the archers also, Jordan, you're saying like they do this every year, right? I mean, and I used to make fun of you for falling into the archers trap year after year after year. And this is what they're this they finally have they have everything. They don't have the Manny uh Holman duo anymore. So this is a different makeup of the team. Two, they finally have a face-off guy. And three, I'm not even like Gittleman, I, I think is a fantastic goal. I thought he was like best goal in the year, arguably like a year ago or whatever, like a couple years ago. But they finally have the goalie issue figured out in the sense that they don't not arguing over Drew Adams or Adam Gittleman, who's starting. It's a clear starter clear top three goalie in the league right now. And I don't think that's going to change throughout the year either. I think he's going to be consistently a top three goalie in the league. And they got the Mitzelberger, who's, who's winning faceoffs, getting this, these offensive offense touches. Um, so, yeah, I think that the efficiency will always be there with the offensive defense for the Archers and that they're, they're a wagon. They're, they're going to win it all. Yeah. Um, yeah. A, cu- a couple. Yeah. I mean, Sis is a fucking maniac. Uh, and like even, you know, he, he didn't like, destroy Connor Farrell uh, no. in, in this game. But here's the thing. There's no one in this league who he can't at least go 50, 50 with like he it, it's good. And, and like, that was never the case for the archers, right? Like they were, they were always losing all those face off, but like now he, he's going to go 50, 50 with anybody. And then there are a few guys where he's going to be able to go like 65, 70% again. So that's huge. Uh, yeah. And then I'd also say one, one other thing, uh, expect like Chris Bates to, to coach a little angry this summer. Um, he, he did end up getting uh, let go from his high school job in, in the Philly area. So after this uh, Episcopal Academy, so, solid uh, private school program. But, uh, but now that he, he doesn't have that going on, this is full, full steam ahead with the archers. So I think, yeah, I, I think the archers have a lot of things going for them right now where it's, a lot, a lot of the same guys are there, but it's also a completely different team. So totally agree with you on that point. Uh, totally agree with you on, on your previous points as well. Um, like, it, it, But yeah, I guess with the Malloy situation, it just comes down to Malloy, Sudo. Sudo's the coach. He makes those decisions, whatever. Everyone moves on. I'd expect to see him in the lineup this weekend for sure. I do too. And I was telling you, so, uh, I was telling you to my girlfriend, not to brag, girlfriend alert, but I was trying to explain to her, like, she was like, what are you looking at? And I was trying to explain how cool it is, like, when the rosters come out. And you, this is the point, like, week three, you start seeing who becomes into the player pool. Like, I was saying that Thursdays 
as a PLL fan, are one of the most fun days to look at, like, who's suiting up and everything. Um, seeing who's going to fall on the rosters. Like, Gutty, if he, like, like he hasn't suited up yet. Is he going to suit up for the Atlas? Um, all these questions, I think that's one of the most interesting parts of the league. And uh, the, my last point I'll make on just the archers in general. What Sisselberger was able to do, he went from having 38% in the first half to then basically evening it out to 12, 10, 55, 45 um, by the second half. Shows that, like, stuck with it. Probably ended up, I don't know, I'm not a math guy, but probably ended up winning the second half battle um, where they really started to uh, pull away. Yeah, love that guy. Friend of the program. Uh one-time guest, we'll have to get him on a little bit later on this summer. Probably, um, you could probably get him in during this break between uh, between right. Columbus and, and many. What's up? Let's get a lot of interviews. Let's try to do. Yeah, yeah. Why not, guys? Guys got a couple weeks off. Might as well get him on the pod. Uh, all right. So we we already touched on the Dylan Malloy drama. There was another uh, little little maybe internet dust up if you will, uh, in, in lax Twitter over the past few days. And this one's all because of the at lie taking down whip snakes, 12, 11, uh, the first game on last Saturday, ABC game, uh, real quick, gotta, gotta mention we're in, we are in the golden age of being a lacrosse fan because I was able to easily stream this game on the team bus on my way back after coaching my team uh, as, as we picked up a, a quarterfinal win in the Pennsylvania State Tournament. Uh, so bus ride home, able to pop this on the laptop real quick, watch the game like it's nothing. So uh, to, to think about where we were just a few short years ago as lacrosse fans, not even being able to figure out where to watch professional lacrosse to now being able to stream it on a laptop while you're on a bus ride home on a Saturday. Uh, pretty, pretty fucking sweet. But uh, Chris Gray gets that game winner against the Whip Snakes, scores with, I don't know, however. however 17 and a half seconds left because I didn't have the Whip Snakes money line. <laughs> so 17 and a half left. This is after the Atlas called a timeout. They drew up a play to get this exact look for Chris Gray. And then. After the fact, you know, the next day, listen, the PLL social team, they do an unreal job. What these guys do with the highlights, with the clips, with getting inside it, like there's nobody that works harder than the PLL social team. However, I, this is, this is where I, I don't know if it's always a good thing. And Dukes, I know that we're going to be on opposite sides of this one. But so the next day it comes like the clip comes out and they're, uh, you know, little, little behind the scenes action. And they put out the cameras in the huddle as Steven Brooks is drawing up this play for Chris Gray. The camera gets just, just a 4k shot on the whiteboard of them drawing up the play, talking out the play about, you know, a fake screen here, a seal there. Who's going to, you know, come around off this pick, this and that everything's drawn up. And they just put it out on social for all to see. And uh, I don't know. For me, it just feels like maybe we don't need a camera in every single huddle taking a look at every single thing that gets written down on a whiteboard or, or every play that gets talked mm -hmm. through. I think I think that there's a time and a place for the, for the camera in the huddle, like a camera on the sideline access. 
I don't know if it needs to be in everyone's face during every huddle. I'll pull it up right now because that's number one the cross producer in the game. That's what he does. Shorty, the dodge is going to happen. You mirror the dodge looking like you're cutting in. Soon as the ball hits X, you got to catch it and go. And we're setting that hard seal at GLE for you to catch and go. If you got a shot, bury it. But the big thing right here is Romar. You got to fade over here to make it think that it's coming to you. And then as soon as Gray catches it, Cup set that backside seal for T to seal your own guy so he comes over and wins the game. We go home. We good? Everybody clear? Let's go. Let's go. So here's my take. I think this was the biggest overreaction in lacrosse history. And I was shocked. This is you you triggered me. I, I thought it was funny how Ward was like noted. I was like, oh, he's like joking. And then I was actually shocked with your point of view as a coach, because like you like there's so many different variations of how they could run that play now that and I will say this, you do make a good point because I thought what they did a couple of years ago when RJ was in the huddle and it was like someone was talking shit in like the Hofstra locker room about another team, how like they see that an, an external motivating factor that I thought that was bad on the RJ and the PL and I think that they fucked up and I think they knew they fucked up, right? So in my head, I think they had to get the, the AOK from the Atlas or in, in some regard from the PLL, whatever. I don't think that that was bad at all. I think it's like even like a basketball play. And second off, but I want to say this point first. If somebody said Mumbo, Mumbo on the lacrosse field, everybody fucking knows what's coming. Does that mean that everyone's going to stop it? No, it's not. It can't be stopped even when you know it's coming. So like, I think that there's just like a lot of different variations of lacrosse sets. I think that they like know one play. Like now that they know like Romar is fading, that's like the dummy play. You could swing that to Romar now and you got a whole nother play to work with. So I, I don't, I, I think that that's an overreaction and I kind of, Hate to say it, I kind of agree with Black's film. So, all right. So, <laughs> well, all right. So now you know where you're at. You now, now you know the the what you surround yourself with. Now, here's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Here, here's what I'm going to say, and and because I don't want this, like I I don't think it's a good thing to show that play, like being written up on the whiteboard. I'm not saying like obviously. Whoever is playing, so I mean, coming up in in Columbus, right? So the uh, the the Water Dogs have the Atlas coming up, which is probably why Dylan Ward said noted uh, on that clip, right? I'm not like obviously teams are going to scout. Obviously, every coach is going to watch every game, break down every film. It's not like any coach isn't going to see that play during the game and and write down like. Like and have that figured out. Like, okay, like here, here was this. Here was it. Like, there, there. It's not like no one would ever find out that play. What I will say, it's a little bit different though, of like putting it right in another coach's face of of like mapping out what's happening and why. Like, if, if you're if you're drawing up a play, that's art, and every bit of art is subjective. So if I'm a coach and I watch that that play develop on film, because obviously everyone's going to watch that, like you might not know that Romar is fading out to be a, a decoy, right? Or you you might have to, you, you could guess that, you could not guess that. Like that's the subjective part of watching it happen. But like when you see it and hear it being all mapped out, all, like that, it's just all given to you. 
And, and that's what pissed me off a little bit with it. And I don't know, is it a, a strong reaction? Probably. Yeah. Like I, like I understand that it's, it might be an overreaction and probably definitely is an overreaction, but I think just giving that to, to another coaching staff, like here's a, like personal, I feel like it's very disrespectful to Steven Brooks. I feel like it's very disrespectful to like any coach in the league to just be like, Hey, like, this thing that you just worked on for however long it took you, like, I don't know, Stephen Brooks has probably had that play in his bag for, for a while now, or it, it sounds like he kind of took that same play or at least a similar look from the whip snakes. But like all that shit that you did right there, we're just going to give it away now to your opponents. And like, I, I don't know, like it seems disrespectful because I don't know contracts, but I, I can imagine that guys aren't getting rich coaching professional lacrosse. And then you think it like the time that they put into it, they're spending all these weekends of the summer away from their family. All like it, it's a lot of time, a lot of dedication of shit that they could be doing otherwise. And then to take that time and be like, yeah, fuck that. We want views on social. Like here's that clip. And now, you know, another coaching staff doesn't have to waste that time figuring out your, your shitty play that worked. It, it was a great play by the way, but like that, what I'm saying, like, I don't know. It just feels like a little, I don't think it's a bad thing that other teams are going to figure out the play. I think it's like a, Hey, fuck you guys. Like we don't care about your time. Here's the play that just happened. And it's going to get a couple of retweets. So my only thing is like, you can't really steal a lacrosse play. Like unless they didn't say the name of the play. It wasn't like, and it's like in baseball and football, you could steal signs all the time. Like when you're like a defensive coordinator, you know, you might be, you might be able to be like, oh, there's, it's gonna be a passer uh, or a rush, and kind of base your defense b- based off like the sign that you see. Lacrosse is different; it's kind of like basketball. Like you could try to steal a play, but it really comes down to execution and everything. Like you could start like a defense might be able to notice like, oh, here comes here comes the fade, here comes Gray coming around X, and like T cutting backside. But like from that, another variation is born, and now Stephen Brooks knows that. So it's like it's a way different sport to scout in the sense that like. You can watch film on lacrosse and like you should, but at the end of the day, it's kind of like basketball. Like so much film only does so good. Like football, you have to be, you you have to be in, in, in the film room studying tendencies, studying like scouting reports. So I think it's just, it's a different, it's different in my opinion. Like if it was, and also going back, NFL films does the same shit. I I don't watch NFL films. Yeah. Like NFL films does like basically the same, the same shit to some extent. Like when you do like the double pass against the Ravens and for the Patriots and like the AFC championship, like they show all that shit. Like they show them mapping it out. So like, I don't think it's like that big of an overreaction. What I will say is it's a dangerous game. It's a dangerous game. And a you have, slope. yeah, it's a, it's a slippery slope. And you having the reaction that you had only surprised because you were a coach. I thought you'd kind of be on the side of like, there's just so many different variations that you can base off of it. I also understand your perspective of how it's disrespectful to the artist. And then two, someone was going to have this reaction. Like there was going to be two sides of the, like to, to this. So, like, it's not shocking that like someone was on your side, someone's on my side, but um, I'm glad that we disagreed. And like, I didn't see your tweet till after mine. So that was kind of beautiful. Like, I think I saw someone else's before yours. So when you said like, this could be great for the podcast. I was like, like, when we go into our podcast and we know we disagree on something, it's one of my, it's like my favorite shit in the world. Like I think about it all day. 
begging you to go on the pike. What what I what I'd be very interested in though is I think if you if you polled every single coach in the PLL right. and asked, hey, would you prefer to have cameras in every huddle or would you not prefer to have cameras in every huddle? They'd all say, get the cameras the fuck away. Like, okay, counterpoint. If you ask every single NFL coach, would you rather have hard knocks or not have hard knocks? Every single coach would say, don't have hard knocks. But they have hard knocks because it makes the billion dollar, billion dollar company what they are. And again, lacrosse isn't to a point where coaches get paid a lot. But what the hope is, is that one day they can make serious money coaching professional lacrosse. So this is a sacrifice that they're going to have to make. And they better shut their mouths up if they ever want to make serious <laughs> money coaching the sport. That's and, my and, and, and that's And that's where the difference is, is. I'm thinking of the coach and you're thinking of the business. Now, does that make you uh, an absolute scumbag to an extent? Yes. Short term. Yes. Long term. I understand you want these guys to make more money in the short term. Absolute scumbag that you would put a business over people. Um, but I, I don't know. Maybe yes. just, <laughs> but I, I, in the long term, yeah, I do agree that. It, I don't know. I just don't know though. If there are like that many people that are, that were like clamoring for like this inside. Like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like mic'd up content is of, of the players on the field is really going to bring in a new audience. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't know if like huddle breakdowns are, are the thing that's going to really help lacrosse take off. The last point that I'll kind of make is when you pull these coaches, these coaches were doing it, playing, coaching during like the MLL days. Like, so they really, they really didn't care about the, the glamour or, or glory of it all. Like now, like they have to do all the shit that they love, but now you have to add all the cameras and like RJ and shit to it. Like no shit, they're gonna want all this. Like they don't give a fuck about any of this. They just do it for the sport. They will. I think to some extent they do recognize that this is for the greater good. And and Stephen Brooks, great play. Do another one. Draw another one. Get get another get another five hundred K clips. We'll we'll quote tweet it. We'll keep getting the clicks. We'll we'll get the views for you. Just just come up with some more plays. Um, and I challenge every other coach come up with a better game winning play than that. So right now, Stephen Brooks, number one, best play of the year. What they should do is just uh, if if they're gonna do it again, just pixel out the uh, the the whiteboard like it's a Japanese penis in porn. Um, I also think that they should have waited. I, the one thing I will now that the argument's over, I will say they probably should have waited. Like you know, like when the body was like a little bit cold, like the game had like ended and they put out the clip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, listen, overreaction on, on my behalf, but I still agree with my point. You can, you can, I have overreactions all the time. Like sometimes recognizing an overreaction and being like, this is just how I feel. And I want to feel this way. You're like, I, I don't care. Like no, nothing will convince me otherwise. That's the way I want to die. Like, they, like I will, I will take I will take a step like Notre Dame by five. I'll like, will be the last thing that I think on my deathbed. Uh, all right. Should we, uh, obviously a couple other games that wrapped up, uh, Redwoods took down water dogs, 10 to nine, uh, huge comeback from them coming back from being down six, nothing in the first quarter. Uh, water dogs had really weird, uh, start of the season so far where like they just go 
20 minutes without doing dick offensively, which, which has been kind of bizarre so far. Uh, they, they did it in the first game. Um, they, they did it again this time where, you know, they get up six, nothing, and then they don't score again until uh, I think Redwoods had made it back to six, six, or maybe Redwoods even took the lead seven, six, but water dogs just having really weird uh, moments of their game where they forget how to play lacrosse. Uh, and then chaos, Taking down the cannons, uh, cannons still as pesky as ever, but the chaos they get all their most of their bandit boys back. Uh, I don't believe that, uh, that Dane Smith was was in the lineup because he was celebrating getting engaged, also winning an NLL championship. But Josh Byrne was in the lineup and he had the overtime game winner, uh, to hand cannons their second loss and get chaos in the win column. Anything from those games that stood out to you before we head into our week three? picks and previews yeah one i think the water dogs will be fine i agree that the, the spurts but like, you, you don't want to play your best ball do not want to play your best ball in june no one play your best ball in june that's a fact unless, unless you're playing in the pennsylvania state championship game on saturday yeah. at penn state university yeah. in which case you absolutely want to play your best ball in june right and usually like what someone might respond to that is garden city always plays their best ball in june which is why you win five titles in 10 years um but uh besides that congrats to gc getting another one done uh, Jordan, we hope you can join us along as, as state champs. That, that would be great to have two, cha- two state champions on the pod. Um, but yeah, I think the Water Dogs will be fine, to be honest. Um, the one thing that was like, kind of concerning was that the switch from Apple to Sour. Sour's just got shut down after that. Now, could you make the argument, was he a little scared that he was going to get King Costa right before the World Games? Couldn't wear the red, white, and blue? You could make that argument. I won't. I won't. I- I'm not going to. I'm not going to go there, but someone might be out in the universe making that argument right now. Won't hear it from me. Um, I, I can I can I just say something real as, as we're talking about that? One, one of my uh, one of my favorite things going on in the PLL right now, and I I hope that it continues throughout the entire summer, is just endless. I love Michael Sowers, unbelievable kid, uh, great, unbelievable lacrosse player. But when he he just gets fucked up out there, like he gets hit so goddamn hard and he goes flying. And what I love is like he gets fucking crushed and then he has to like go up and like say like he, like he basically has to say like good hit to the guy. And then the guy says like, hey, like sorry for like crushing you like like just so that there's no animosity that keeps going throughout the game. of Someone being like oh, I was a cheap shot on on Sours like. Like he's been getting fucking crushed. All of them have been le- like all of them have been legal, but they, just, but they, dude, everyone has been legal, but it just looks so violent, and so he just has to keep coming up, being like, "Hey, like, good hit, man, like that, like, don't worry about it." Like, I, I know you weren't trying to take my head off, like you just fucking destroyed me, but you weren't like it, it wasn't. There was nothing cheap about it. Um, so I, I don't. It's it reminds me of the uh, of the mic'd up when uh, Andrew Luck. Would get hit, would get yeah. tackled and, and then he'd have to like <laughs> great great hit boy like uh, reminds he's me of that perfect combination of Julian Edelman and uh, and Andrew Luck where like he's been you know, now I feel like he could take the hits he put on some beef on him first year seemed like he was out every week with a concussion or another injury but because his game what he's so good at is obviously his quickness and his speed drawing slides right I don't think anyone's like. Michael Sowers from 15 yards out, like that's his game. It's just sniping. What's he good at? Beating the defender, drawing a slide, finding the next guy, getting the rotation going, or going to the crease and doing a crease dive to get the goal. What does that come with? That's like taking slants over the middle 
I mean, like, I'm a slant guy over the middle in football. And I'm just going to get a hit and can cost 15 out of 100 times. So, I mean, the guy puts his body on the line. Uh, thank God for the Q collar. Shout out Q collar. The Q collar didn't exist. My boy would be retired in year three. He would not be LeBron. No, not at all. But yeah, so it, it, listen, we love sportsmanship on the pot here. And and you're going to get a ton of sportsmanship uh, out of every Water Dogs game because uh, Sowers is going to get fucking crushed. Right. It's probably going to be legal. Uh, and, and then everyone just has to say no harm, no foul. Um, oh, right, also, cool. The oh, last yeah. point was uh, the scuffle at the end of the game. Did you see that at all? It kind of got lost in the sauce a little bit because you might be like, but. Oh, with uh, the the Perkovic, the Perkovic courier punch, quote unquote. Yeah. yeah. Did anything come out of that yet? I haven't seen. I don't. I hope not. I don't think so because I was about to say that. Didn't see anything. Second off, great job by the PLL for no suspensions. Just want to clap it up for them there. Um. Yeah, that's really all I got. But uh, yeah, I guess week three. Yeah. If if there was any supplemental discipline to come out of that, that would have been um, really really tough look. So. Yeah, just just a couple boys, a little little pushing and shoving, little hooting and hollering, hem and haw, but not nothing nothing to be made out of there. Um, all right, so let's talk. Let's gear up for week three. A big week coming up here because after this week, uh, the PLL is off until July eighth, uh, as the lacrosse world all heads to San Diego for the World Games coming up. So last week of the of the PLL season, before we get a couple weeks off here. Good time for some teams to try to find themselves in the win column. Going to be really hard to, uh, you know, get get everyone to, you know, really get a lot of juice going for the middle portion of the season if you go into this break 0-3. So Cannon's looking for a win. Whip Snake's looking for a win. Uh, these things get going on Friday at 6 p.m. on ESPN Plus with Water Dogs and the Atlas. Uh, if you're looking to get financially involved in these games you can head on over to the barstool sportsbook app uh if you are, or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help make sure to call 1-800 gambler must be 21 or older of age please responsible pre, please practice responsible gaming uh but water dogs and atlas getting going on friday 6 p.m uh on the spread we've got atlas favored minus one and a half the juice there plus 110 water dogs plus one and a half on the spread plus 105 on the money line uh atlas there favored minus 134 over under on this one 24 and a half do we see dylan ward playing this game dukes i, I think that that's probably the, so. the biggest i think so um i think there's two ways you could look at this. One, you're going to get him ready for the World Games. Two, sit him out for the World Games. Let Luca get his one last start of the year. And then Wardo comes in after playing in the in the World Games. Um, that, that's one way you could look at it. You could kind of sell yourself on either way. I think DeLuca, by the way, has played some excellent ball in his own right. Um, I, I think that he looks like a guy. And this is – I think he had one really solid game last year. thinking like his last game of the year was, was very solid. I wasn't really sold on him in the in the bubble. Wasn't sold on him in 21, wasn't sold on him in 22. And he was a kid that I thought the world of coming out of college. I think he's finally ready that he could consistently start in this league. Um, so I think they're fine either way. I'm going dogs plus one and a half. And um, I'm going to go over 24 and a half in this one. Um, I think that the Water Dogs offense will, will get going. I think that um, 
they, they, the Atlas defense, to some regard, I'm still not very sold on. Uh, I think thought Gavin Adler getting switched onto Zed did a phenomenal job. Helms like 0 for 6 shooting after Zed started off 2 for 2, but just overall, I think there's some holes. And um, yeah, I, I'm going to roll with the dogs, dogs in this one. Yeah, I uh, so real quick, let, let's just uh, check in here. So yeah, I mean, great weekend in Columbus. Friday, high of 75, mostly sunny. Saturday, 80, uh, mostly sunny. So nothing, nothing to worry about. Uh, any slot fest going on uh, in this game? So I do think that goals will be bountiful this weekend. I think uh, you know we got a lot of guys. Uh, you know, we might see some guys entering the lineup for the first time this week, trying to make a, a little bit of a statement. We might see some guys who might feel like they got snubbed off of being able to play and represent their country in San Diego, trying to make a statement. Like, I, I think that there are a lot of, a lot of reasons why a lot of guys will be bringing a lot of juice into this weekend. So I think we'll see some goals, goals, goals. Uh, I don't know. I, I just, I love this Atlas team right now. Uh, I've loved them for a while. I think, uh, you know, that, that offense right now, like to, to have Xander Dixon come in and, and making the impact that he does. And um, I, I just think that that adds, it makes guys like Jeff Teat and Chris Gray so much more lethal because like you have to be aware of Xander Dixon at all times. Uh, and, and that just gives those guys a, an extra half second um, maybe with their hands free while, while guys are still a little slow to come off of Dixon and you give them half a second, they're going to fill the back of the net. So I like Atlas in that one. I like the over. I like it tight though. So I might, I don't know, might not, might just go Atlas money line in that one. Uh, I, I don't think, I don't think we see any weekends this year where the majority of games are shit kicking. I think we get one goal games most of the summer. Yeah, I think that especially last week, I did a lot of money lines. I went two for two, but the money lines I lost, I didn't take the spread. So now I'm just like, take, be smart, look at the line. I'm taking the plus one and a half for insurance. I'll probably sprinkle a little dog's money line. But yeah, I, I like the over as well in this one. All right. Uh, so the Friday night game, Friday at 8.30. This game also streaming on ESPN+. Plus. We've got Chrome taking on the Cannons. Uh, Chrome one and one on the year, uh, potentially probably should add Dylan Malloy to the lineup. We are recording this right now on, uh, on Wednesday night. So we have not seen those rosters put out yet. Uh, and cannons pesky, pesky team, uh, came dangerously close to picking up a win last week. Uh, they'll be coming into this game on the spread at plus one and a half, uh, and, Chrome at minus one and a half, obviously both those values at minus one thirteen. Uh, Chrome favored on the money line minus one eighty. Cannons at plus one forty, and total on this one set at twenty three and a half. Dukes, I, I know, I know you're you're the Cannons guy on the pod, and I feel really good about about the Boom Squad heading into this game. I feel great about the Boom Squad. I think they pick up their first one of the uh, of the year, um, and also just one one interesting pr- perspective. Dan Arestia called it out this week. Uh, we should probably should have touched on this a little bit, but just, I'm not sure what the rosters are going to be because I saw that the PLL worked with the World Games to make sure that they could allot this time off, which no other league really does. Like the MLL never did this to take the three weeks off for the summer league. A couple of PLL players are supposedly 
trying to sit out this week. Coaches might look to put them into backup roles. Players might get fined. Coaches might get fined. Something to look out for with the rosters tomorrow um, and to keep your nose out for. So one thing that I'll say going off that is I'm not sure how many national team guys are on the cannons. So I, I think that they're looking to get a win before this big break. And uh, I think that's going to be some extra motivation. Matt Campbell, what a beast. What a beast. Uh, him and Tucker Dordovic, what, what starts to the year as rookies? Um, I, I like this Cannons team. I like the way they play. They might not be the most talented team, but I mean, I sincerely, like, what a coaching job by Holman. And what a job to turn over this roster. CVR is now on the 25-man squad. I'm excited for the Cannons' future. Um, boom squad. I mean, this is a guy that hated them last year. Now I'm, like, in love with them. They still might be the worst team in the league, but I love them 10 times more than I ever did. So let's go Boom Squad. Yeah, I think it's it's so hard to look at this team on paper and say that they're not the most talented team out there just because, like, like if you just disregarded every other team in the league, you'd be like, holy fuck, like, this team is low. Like, you know, Marcus Holman obviously getting a little bit up there in age, but – the man is still producing, right? He still has five goals in, in two weeks. Uh, Asher Nolting being able to take over this offense. Uh, I mean, the, the man can distribute the rock like anybody else in, in on the planet right now. Um, yeah, really, really like uh, – I, I don't really like this team, but I really like their chances heading into this game, especially <laughs> with the Chrome, uh, you know, just – Nothing seemed to be clicking last week, and I don't, I don't expect that to roll into this week. Uh, but I just think, I don't know, Cannons probably have a little bit more juice heading into this one, a little bit more to play for before, like you mentioned, uh, before the, the league goes on a quick little break. Uh, so Cannons need to get it done, and I think that they do. Uh, so, yeah, Cannons money line for me. The total probably won't touch it. Yeah, probably not going to touch it. I'll give out my official picks on my Twitter. Uh, maybe I'll have – by the way, shout out to our new uh, social intern producer, uh, mega fan. He's been absolutely killing it on the, uh, the socials. Uh, Kevin, Sacred Heart guy. Just want to shout him out. He's doing an excellent job. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, make, make, make sure you guys are following on uh, on Twitter and it's at the crease die for both. We're, we're getting, uh, you know, Kev's getting a bunch of clips out uh, throughout the weekend. So if, you know, if you got something going on this weekend and you're not able to stream the game, you're not able to, you know, get in front of a TV and watch it, uh, you know that you can head on over to at the crease dive on both Twitter and Instagram and catch all the clips that you need to see. Right, 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 right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, one thing that going in, we're done with the Friday games, Columbus sold out both days, I'm pretty sure. And also, Saturday, did you see the times of the game? 12 and 7. Yeah, little little weird. Uh, works out pretty good for me, though. Uh, I, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I mentioned this or not, but I will be coaching in, in a Pennsylvania State Championship game. Oh, Springfield, right, right. let's go. Let's go, Cougars. Yeah, I don't know if I, if I said that yet or not. Uh, game at 4.30, though. So, I don't know. Did, did the P- – did the PLL check out the the Pennsylvania high school state tournament uh, schedule and and say, hey, like we gotta we gotta work this around Jordy's schedule? Maybe. Is argument to be made. It just seems like too bizarre of a uh, of a gap between games to call it just a coincidence. I am very like I'm sure that there's like 
a very specific reason why it's it's happening this way like i can't imagine someone was like hey what if we just put a gigantic gap between these two games but i'm really excited to watch uh to see that stadium on tv like the the facility is sick it's just a shame that the ohio state program was such dog shit last year no offense yeah no offense no offense but you could say that they were undeserving of it no offense yeah, I mean none taken. Um, it'll be great. It'll be great to see some defense played at that stadium for once. <laughs> Too soon. Uh, <laughs> speaking of what, tell you what, that Trey Leclaire homecoming, homecoming for Trey Leclaire, uh, and what what a game he has. Uh, it, it, am, am I blanking right now? He's on the archers, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, so we've got Archers taking on Chaos at the noon game on Saturday. This one is on ESPN uh, and also, you know, if you're streaming on ESPN Plus, but Archers and Chaos. Chaos got uh, most of their Bandit boys back last week. Uh, Some of these guys gearing up, obviously, to play for Team Canada in the World Games. Um, Also, you know, you got Blaze getting ready as well. Uh, he's on USA's roster. I, I assume correct. He's got to be. Uh, yeah. So we've got Archers Chaos on the Barcelona Sportsbook app. We've got Archers on the spread at minus one and a half at plus one hundred five value. Chaos plus one and a half at minus one thirty four on the money line. We've got Archers favored minus one forty eight. Chaos at plus one fifteen total on this one twenty three and a half. This is this is one where brain is in a pretzel because I've already mentioned before I, I would never take an over with Blaze between the pipes. I'd also never take an over probably at this point with Brett Dobson between the like two of the best goalies. But also both of these offenses are absolute fucking wagoons. So under th- th- this is you think this is unstoppable force, immovable object on both ends. I'm thinking that Brett Thompson, backup Canadian goalie, has been seeing these starter shots that are on chaos for a while now. Knows those release mm. ones. Knows there's these shooters. Has probably been seeing them come, come in from eight yards hands-free for fucking years now. I'm taking the under in this one. I think Blaze will get and stop enough shots. I'm thinking that this is going to be like a 12-9 game, something like that, 11-8, 11-9. And uh, I'll take the Archer's money line comfortably. And I'm thinking about sprinkling money minus one and a half. I'll, I'll officially put it out on my Twitter on Friday. I, I love that reasoning for everything. So I'm not even going to, I'm just going to piggyback what you just said right there. Um, yeah, copy paste GBT. Uh, make this sound more casual. <laughs> yeah, that was no everything. I, I didn't really, couldn't come up with a pick before it and everything you just said. I, I don't know. You could have said maybe anything in that scenario. Um, you could have taken the complete opposite where you said like, you know, all these guys kind of, <laughs> yeah, like, like these guys know like where, you know, Dobson can't get to or. But... Oh, you, you, I could talk you into this. I could talk you into this. These guys know how to make Brett Dobson feel like the worst goalie on the planet. They've been absolutely shelling him hands free from eight yards in. Dobson's just going to overthink it. He's the little brother. These are the big brothers. They know how to absolutely mentally dominate him. Yeah, so it's got to be chaos money line. Yeah, no, you you probably could have talked me into that one, but I I feel like I feel like 
Team Canada practice. I feel like any team, you know, Team USA or Team Canada practices has to be extremely frustrating for the shooters. Like they're probably getting gobbled up all the time. So as a backup I, goalie, as a backup goalie during my high school days. Oh, was- dude, backup goalies always. Dude, backup goalie save percentage in practice have to be astronomical. No, if I could play my start the starters on Garden City, I'd be at Duke. If I could just play them every single game, nobody owned them like I did. So that well, was- you want to you want to know what it is though, because you know the, these guys like all right, backups in the net. Then they try to get a little too cute with their shot. They're like, all right, backups in like I I can. I can go a little harder for this specific corner right now. Um, and then it just like either you miss the gate or yeah. 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 You that, you- your friends and you're like, I don't care. Like you guys, like, I remember like I'd save their shots and I'd be like, I'd be like, dude, like how, how are you guys going to like X school? I'm like, I'm like, I suck. Like, you guys can't score. Like I talk shit to them because they're my friends and they'd be getting more mad. Like, dude, stop. Like, like I'd be like playing lefty and then switch to righty. It'd be, like, Nobody dude. does that. Like, doesn't matter. We- save- we we uh so so a few year, few years ago we had this backup goal and we had this drill like a like a pregame drill where you're just it's pretty standard you've got a, a line on both sides of the net and you just throw it in and just inside finishing so a little catch and shoot right away do this backup goalie you you probably see like fifty to seventy five shots over the span of like two minutes would stop like 80% of them and just yeah. throw it right back at guys. Um, I would actually love, so Joe Keeks, if you're listening right now, which we know you are, uh, I would love to start keeping track of practice stats and the save percentage of backup goalies compared to starters. Well, then the backups always remind you like, why don't, wait, why aren't they like going somewhere? Why don't they start? Cause then like, they get the ball in their net and they like try passing. It's like, Oh, the guy can't pass. <laughs> yeah. A little own like like wind up too big to throw a clear it falls out of the top of your stick in in the back of the net yeah, yeah. um all right but yeah totally agree I, I like uh I like archers I might not go all the way with the with the minus one and a half might just still be a coward here um but you you really talked me into the under here and and I like that uh all right and then we wrap things up 7 p.m on ESPN plus. The Redwoods taking on the Whip Snakes. Uh, always, always a great matchup. When when these two teams come together, you can throw out the record books. Uh, great rivalry in the game. Redwoods getting off to a hot start. They got that big comeback win against uh, against the Dogs last week. Whip Snakes still looking for their first win of the season uh, after getting you know back to back backbreakers in the final few seconds in weeks one and weeks two. Uh, Whip Snakes. Favored here on the spread at minus one and a half, but that's at plus 110 value. Redwoods plus one and a half at minus 139. On the money line, we've got Whips favored minus 127. Redwoods at plus 100. Total here again at 23 and a half. Night game should be a great atmosphere in Columbus. Uh, Whip Snakes probably. I don't know. They're probably not playing desperate yet. Like you said, you don't want to be playing your best ball in June. There's still seven more weeks after this. So it's not desperation time just yet. Also, you got some, you know, some guys gearing up for the world games. Um, But I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I just don't know if you lose this game and then you've got guys that are heading to go play in the world games, who knows how they're going to come back after that. And then you're, you're, you're 0-3 to start the season. You've got this break, and then you come back. And it's just hard to – I feel like it would be hard to really get yourself going after that. So you have to 
I don't know. I feel like a win here goes a long way for the Whip Snakes, but the Redwoods, they're playing loose. Uh, Riders, Riders got next. Unbelievable start to the season for him. Uh, we saw vintage Rob Pinnell last week against the, um, against the water dogs. He, he goes one way, um, little question mark, one way, question mark the other way. So RP three looking vintage right now. So I'm, I'm a little tossed up here, a little crossed up. I like, uh, I'm going Redwoods money line. I feel like I'm big on, big on all. I don't know if I'm big on all the dogs this weekend, but give me Redwoods money line. I've never liked to bet as much as I do this weekend with whip stakes minus one and a half whip stakes money line. Love it. Don't think about it. Don't overthink it. It's whips all the way. Whips own the Redwoods. Um, it, it, I've never, I've never felt so good about a bet. And this will be confirmed after I see the roster. Just, just want to make that clear once I see the rosters. But yeah, I think Rambo is playing some good ball. Uh, off to one of his, I want to say off to as good of a start as he had his MVP year, but it's not going to be talked about because he's 0-2. Um, just shooting the ball like an absolute animal. Played a fucking unreal last week. Um, yeah, hopefully we see Brad Smith back in the lineup. I think I think he he's a guy that could take him over the edge. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, all all of the all of Dukes' official picks, you can catch him on his. Uh, he'll he'll tweet them out for you uh, after this as we get closer to the game. So make sure you check that out at Dukes on Twitter. Make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram. Again, we are at the Crease Dive on both Stool Crease Dive on TikTok. Uh, subscriptions on YouTube. I, I haven't checked the numbers lately, but let's see if we can keep those going up uh, as we head into the World Games. Again, we're going to have uh, Dukes will be streaming some of those games. Uh, we'll have, uh, you know, hopefully some more interviews going on during that break. So uh, big, uh, big push here before the world games in the PLL. Let's also push out those subscriptions on YouTube, like comment, all that jazz. And in the meantime, we'll be keeping it low to high until the day we die.